0: Welcome to the WinFL Show.
1: Welcome to the Outer Hebrides. It's the WinFL Show. I'm your host, Ian McKinnon. I'm
0: joined this week by Jake McGee. Jake, how are you doing, pal? I'm not too bad, my friend. We're in NFL off-season purgatory. We're kind of just in the middle of nowhere at the moment, so making the most of what little news we get. That's true. Not a lot's been happening. A couple of things.
1: Obviously, we'll we'll cover that. Um, But when you get to sort of a couple of weeks past the draft... The, the free agency frenzy has ended although obviously there are you know still trades and, and signings being made but we are in that sort of a limbo at the moment where you're just thinking you know come on the the off season cannot end soon enough um of course the the preseason kicks off and August, I believe it's the first week in August well, i have got some dates to look at as well we've also got a one of Ewan McPhail's draft day fails and we of course have random stats so Jake, why don't we start off there has been a couple of signings uh, around the league, so uh, do you want to talk us through those and see what's been happening in the NFL?
0: Yeah, I think one of the main things that happened this past week was the zadaria Smith trade um, the Vikings, I, I, I Mentioned on Twitter, there was an account that said that the Vikings had the best defensive line um, after adding Marcus Davenport, who you know brings a total of zero point five sacks and, and less than forty percent snaps plays. I'm not sure how that puts them over the edge. Yes, um, but when you lose Zadarius Smith, I assume that takes you off the edge. He has gone to the Cleveland Browns. It was more of a, a salary cap move than anything from the looks of it because the Browns receive Zadarius Smith a 2025 6th round pick, a 2025 7th round pick, and in return, the Vikings received a 2024 5th round pick and a 2025 5th round pick. So, not a great deal of value in that.
1: No, a lot, a lot of lower round picks getting moved around there. Yeah. yeah,
0: Slightly moving up and obviously getting rid of the, the contract... I mean, the Vikings are in a pretty good position when you look at the NFC North, and there's rumors that Dalvin Cook kind of could be on the way out as well. So you're thinking, you know, you just got rid of Aaron Rodgers. You're in a, a pretty good position to try and take the North. Getting rid of Z'Darri Smith and Dalvin Cook, obviously, salary cap, you've got to make it work. But we both believe that it's a myth, so you surely want better players on your team than than a few extra million in the pocket.
1: You do. Um, I mean, okay. So everyone goes on about the, the the salary cap. Oh, sorry. I should point out. I've got a bit of a cold, so I'm sounding a little bit um, like I should be doing voiceovers or something like that. So I'm a lot more gravitas in the voice today. Um, I don't usually speak like this. It's usually much more effeminate and high pitched. Uh, so, yeah, you're right. It, it, there's when you, when you have Aaron Rodgers leaving your division. It was like in the in the. AFC East when you know Tom Brady goes and you're like right there's going to be a changing of the guard and the Bills all of a sudden you know Josh Allen starts playing out of his mind you got that the Bills are now the the powerhouse in the AFC East although the Dolphins are creeping up and then the Jets bring in Rodgers that's great so in the NFC North Aaron Rodgers goes you know he's he's out of here the Vikings are the sort of the obvious pick to be the next team up there, loaded with talent right across the board, Um, barring anything, you know, mental happening with the Bears and the and, and Lions, um, because Aaron Rodgers, by far and away, the most important player in Green Bay. With him gone, we don't know what's happening with Jordan Love. You'd think the Vikings would be in, in prime position to make a run at, right, let's take over this division. This is our division now. We're going to run this. And to be letting some of your better players go. For salary cap reasons, whereas you've already said, we know that teams can manipulate the cap in a myriad of ways, a number of ways, uh, so that it's just shifted to next year, the year after, or the year after, and and this happens all the time. You see some of the signings teams are making, contracts are signing with players, huge salaries being paid out. I don't think the Vikings have that many guys on huge contracts, obviously. Mr. Uh, Mr. Guaranteed, Kirk Cousins, he's going to have a hefty contract every year. We know this. But Justin Jefferson was on his rookie contract. Um, and, you know, you've got all these guys with rookie contracts. Dalvin Cook would be coming up, but we know running backs aren't being paid. So what do you think the reason for that would be, Jake? Why would, the, why would they look to me, shipping some of these players away? Do you, do you really believe it's about the cap?
0: I on, at this point, it honestly feels like the NFC, it's not just like the Vikings or you know a couple of teams. It feels like the entire of the NFC is just like, should we just take a couple of years off? The AFC is so stacked, we're going to get bumped in the Super Bowl anyway. We might well just all rebuild, let the AFC run it for a few years, because all these players, Zedary Smith is going to, to the Browns, Dalvin Cook, if he gets cut after June the 1st, it's going to be you know the Chargers or Dolphins. It's going to be an AFC team. All these AFC teams are stacking up because they have to because it's so competitive and the nfc teams are going oh my division's awful i can cut a few of these people get you know get ourselves in a better position for a couple of years and go from there it's it's very different situations it feels like right now
1: yeah i mean it's almost like um going back to you won't remember this obviously uh, going back to the sort of early 90s when Basically, whoever was the NFC champion was going to win the Super Bowl. And everybody knew this. You know, the Dallas Cowboys or the 49ers, I think they met in three straight NFC championship games, and whoever won that game won the Super Bowl. And just obliterated their opponents in the Super Bowl. Uh, And even in the in the 80s as well, in 86 and 87, with the the Giants and Washington at the, the redacted, and then the 49ers again. And it just always seemed like the NFC were so high above the AFC that there was nothing that could be done about it. That has now shifted to the AFC. When you look at, if I asked you to name your top five quarterbacks in the NFC, could, could you do that off the cuff just now? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put you to the test, Jake. Just give me, just off oh, the top uh, of your head. Top of your head. Okay. Top five quarterbacks in the NFC right now.
0: Uh, uh, Jalen Hurts. Yep. Jalen Hurts. Okay. Jalen
1: Hurts,
0: mm-hmm. Jalen
1: Hurts, mm-hmm. uh, Derek Carr. Derek Carr, right, there you go. So, I mean, if, if you ask me, I'd say, yeah, J- Jalen Hurts is number one for me. Um, I, I Maybe Kirk Cousins, possibly. You know, the, w- the way he played last year, Geno Smith is in the conversation there. Uh, it's hard to discount, <laughs> excuse me, it's hard to discount Dak Prescott at the moment because we don't know what he's going to be with the health issues that he's had. And then at five, you'd go and got Baker Mayfield, Derek Carr, Kyler Murray. Alan Murray. You know, you go over to the AFC and you've got Patrick Mahomes. And then you got right, well, who else have we got? You know, you've got Josh Allen and Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert and Lamar and Aaron Rodgers is there now. And despite the fact that he was god awful last year, you know, Russell Wilson's still a very good quarterback at Trevor Lawrence came through there you're looking at the an absolute stack of talent in the AFC and that's just one position but it's right across the board it's so hard to 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 quantify the, the reason because I know the quarterback is the most important position on the field of course it is we all know this but the difference between the AFC teams and NFC teams at the moment is staggering it's just I think it's it's more at the quarterback position than in any other position yeah. Um, but it's absolutely staggering, the the, the the gap between NFC talent and AFC talent at the moment. Now, there's a lot of young talent in the NFC, as already mentioned. Um, Chicago Bears, Detroit Lions, a lot of young, really good players uh, to come through. The Eagles are still a young team. They've got some uh, aged veterans, but by the by, they're a young team. The 49ers are rebuilding with some young players there as well. So I think maybe in a couple of years... Maybe even next year, there'll be more parity. There'll be more uh, NFC will be challenging the AFC more. But I think every off-season going in, you look at it and just go, there's no way, there's no way an NFC team could win the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Just because if they played, so for example, not even even the Chiefs. If you took the Chiefs out of the equation, the conversation would still be the same. Because if you if you played the Bengals against any of the NFC teams five times, you'd expect the Bengals to win minimum of three of those games, probably four, or maybe even five. It's it's just ridiculous. And then the Bills. The same. You know, you'd expect them to, to match up with anyone in the NFC. The Eagles really at the moment looking to be the only team who could last with all of the, the big teams in the AFC at the moment. Um, but I think I think we're gonna get some surprises. I think we will be surprised this year. There's going to be a shock team from the NFC. It's going to come out and do really, really well. I'm not saying they're going to win the Super Bowl uh, because I've already got my picks for who's going to the playoffs and Super Bowl. But I'm not going to. We'll do that at a later episode. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a huge gap, absolutely massive.
0: An eight-win team in the AFC is going to be ten times better than an eight-win team in the NFC. An eight-win team in the NFC, realistically. Could still be in contention week seventeen. For, yeah, you know, <laughs> the, the playoffs. Uh, an eight win team in the AFC is going to be like, wow, this team is just, you know, uh, you know, they're going to be so much better. You could have. We had it last year with the AFC West. Yeah, you, you could have it this year with the AFC East. You know, a team that you finishes could. third or fourth in the division is going to be better than maybe the team that wins. You know, a, a certain division and AFC South.
1: Have you got faith in your Saints this year?
0: I mean I think I've got more faith in the fact that the other teams are also rubbish. Um it's that it's kind of like the best of the rest and you've just gotta be better than, you know, you can be a nine win, ten win team and get into the playoffs just because the rest of your division <laughs> is I
1: uh, you you can. You can. You can uh, as you see, you go eight and nine and you could be second in your division in a wild card. You could lead the division eight and nine. We had this whole thing last week with Dave where we couldn't remember who won the NFC East I, Three years ago, uh, and we knew that there was a team with a losing record, and we could only name like two teams from the NFC East. It was ridiculous. I was going, "Who was it? It wasn't." I was like, "Was it Philly?" No, it wasn't Philly. Was it Dallas? No, it wasn't them. Couldn't remember who else was in it. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't remember who it was. I turned it. It was the the Washington at the time football team with Taylor Heineken They made the playoffs. They went seven and nine, won the division. Um, and if I think the, if the Lions had beaten them. Then they would have still won the division at six and ten.
0: I think that was the year where the Chargers won eleven, maybe twelve games, and came second in that division. Yeah. So they they didn't win the division, even though they won eleven or twelve games. And then you have Washington with seven games, winning that division and get a better better it, seeding than the Chargers.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I think this. It, it, you see that so many times where you have two really good teams, or maybe three really good teams, in one division, mm-hmm. and you know one of them doesn't get in because they're like, well, you know, you didn't get in.
0: It doesn't matter that you won twelve that. games. <laughs> come on! Always love that four v five playoff battle where you got like the worst division winner, aka normally before Philly went on a tyrant, Normally the NFCs, yeah, it against
1: was. you know
0: the bet the next best team. You know, you had like the Saints or the Books or you know whoever like the best team was that didn't win the division. It was just like okay, how how are you the away team here?
1: It's just it's insanity. It's insanity, but I love it. That's the, that's the NFL for you. It um, is. So, was there, a, was there any other signings sort of made uh, this week, Jake?
0: I don't know about any notable signings. I think the Dolphins picked up Isaiah Wynn, um, former Patriots first rounder. That'll, that'll, uh, be a,
1: that, that'll be a win for them. <laughs> Ooh.
0: Um, but it's a bit of competition at their, their right tackle. And I mean, the Dolphins are quietly kind of going under the radar, doing their business. And everyone's talking about the AFC, so it's you know, the Bills division and all the Jets have got Aaron Rodgers, and the Dolphins are just sitting there going, yep, yeah, just keep discounting us. We'll just happily skate under, and then you know, by week three or week four, everyone's like, Oh, the Dolphins are pretty good. Yeah,
1: because the Dolphins Oof. are good.
0: Uh, and if yeah, if, if, if two us... Two injury yeah, you know, injury free.
1: Tua stays healthy, the Dolphins I I still think the Bills will win that division, but I've got the Dolphins finishing second. I do. And I'm not buying into the Jets hype as much as a lot of other people. I think they're going to be struggling uh, with the Patriots as to who finishes third in that division. I think the, the in fact, do you know what I'm calling it? I think the Jets finish last in their division. I do. With Aidan Rodgers. You
0: heard it here first, folks!
1: I know Rich Eisen will disagree with me, but
0: he gets paid the big bucks. I think he would just, so. just be upset, yeah. But I know and Williams changed his... Uh bio on twitter which you know we've discussed this last year with people deleting instagram yeah. posts and things like that but um after dexter lawrence got paid by the giants quinn williams is saying he's the next man up um hawks don't seem to be going well with the jets so now he's defensive tackle for dot 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 oh dear not the new york jets anymore so
1: oh dear you've,
0: you've just you know put all your eggs in the the aaron Rodgers basket uh you don't want to be Upsetting your star defensive players, who then just force nope. their way out of the team. No, and then you what don't. You can, you can p- score forty points and still
1: lose. Exactly,
0: and if
1: that if that's going to be the case, and you lose him like that, then you'd have been as well to include him in a trade with someone. Because if he's just like, you know, what, I'm out here. I'm not dealing with this. I think what is happening here. Still, you know that that's it. That's what kind of one I'm. Now uh, there was some there was some news about the Las Vegas Raiders, wasn't that Jake? You wanted to talk about?
0: Yes, it's some strange going-ons with the, the Raiders, and I'm not sure if I was a Raiders fan. Uh, I would be feeling too comfortable. I mean, Jimmy G, you quarterback for a year. You know What's the plan going forward? You've got Devontae Adams coming out saying he's not seeing eye-to-eye with the head coach and the general manager. Obviously, you've just traded away Darren Waller. You've got rid of um, Derek Carr. And Hunter Renfro is expected to not be a raider um he could be another one post june 1st like darvin cook that is released or or moved there just seems to be a lot of uncertainty around the raiders at the moment and it, it would make me feel a bit uncomfortable if i was a fan
1: um yeah it's not it's not surprising really because it's raiders um that there is some sort of uh in, in the camp shall we say um you're right so when darren when darren and waller was traded, I thought that's a that's a funny one. I didn't I didn't like that move at all for the Raiders. I loved it as a Broncos fan. It a great giver to him. He's away, um, but I thought that's that's not a smart move from the Raiders' point of view. I don't like Josh Daniels. I I think that he's bad for that organization because I think everything he touches just turns to something bad. Uh, poop. Let's say that. And uh, if. Devonte Adams isn't seeing eye to eye with uh, Josh McDaniels, then I'd I'd be more likely to side with De- Devonte Adams. <laughs> <laughs> if
0: They're i gonna win you more games,
1: uh, yeah. If I'm the owner um, of the Raiders, if I'm um, Ma- Mark, Mark is it Davis. Mark Davis? Yeah, if I'm Mark Davis, and there's a, a thing going on between Devonte and Josh McDaniels, I'm like I'm just thinking about Devonte. I know how good he is. I know he can be amazing for our team. We showed it last year, and I know he's one of, if not the best wide receiver in the entire league. We know this. Josh McDaniels. I don't think anyone thinks he is one of the best head coaches in the NFL. I, I, I just don't see that. So I I'd side with I'd side with Devonte on that one. What about you? Yeah, I mean Josh McDaniels. You
0: know great offensive mind at the Patriots I mean how much can you kind of atone for you know Mr. Brady doing a lot of that he's failed at Denver he really royally messed up with the Colt, just kind of leaving them at the altar and besmirched his name for a few more years he just controversy and arrogance seems to go hand in hand with Josh McDaniels and I kind of feel for Jimmy G he's got out from being you know the, the, always the, the bridesmaid never the bride at san francisco seemingly uh gone to the raiders who had great weapons last year when you look at their team and now there's no darren waller there's yeah possibly no <laughs> david adams possibly no hunter Renfro. i mean josh jacobs had like a career year in a contract year you, can, you know you can't be expecting a running back to do that every year nope. kind of it's just he's gone from you know inheriting a good situation to looking around going hold on a minute this is feeling more and more like the Patriots every day like I'm gonna end up throwing to like Kendrick Bourne at this point it's if he's even still in the league sorry Kendrick Bourne
1: uh, uh, if you're listening Kendrick and you are still in the league <laughs> you didn't deserve that great uh, but uh, yeah it's you know I'm sure like Jimmy do would go I'm going to the Raiders yeah I the Adams Hunter Renfro I'll take that and he gets there and then within six weeks he's like hang on a second is not happy and Hunter Renfro wants to be traded. <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah. That's that's that rough and Jimmy G. It really is. Um, it is. Any other news around the league there, Jake?
0: A very peculiar one. A, a name you may remember. Shane Ray, a former Denver first round pick.
1: 2015. 2015 first round yeah. pick for the Broncos, yeah.
0: Has not been in the league since 2018, so you can see that it didn't go too well with him. I know he was injured a lot have issues with his wrist, uh, which as a defensive lineman, you kind of need them. Um, He has signed with the Bills, so five years away. I can't remember seeing something like this. You know, you had Michael Jordan go off and do baseball for a few years and come back, but uh, not-so-big-name disappearing and coming back after such a long period. It's going to be very interesting to see. I mean there's no guarantee even makes it, you know, makes the the team, but an interesting sign and one that certainly kind of caught my eye when I saw that name, I thought, Oh, the name I've not seen in a while.
1: Yeah. Um, That actually reminds me slightly of the Alden Smith situation. Do you remember that? Yes, that is a very good point. He uh, was drafted by the 49ers, I believe. Um, Mm -hmm. Went through a rough... He was amazing. The rookie season was spectacular. Like, led the league in sacks or something like that.
0: That team with Navarro Bowman and Patrick Willis.
1: Stupid good defense. Just stupid good. Um, And then he had some off-the-field issues. He had some Mm -hmm. problems. Um, and he ended up uh, out of the league. So he was suspended for a while, and then he just ended up out of the league. He was gone, and then it was about four years. Yeah, like it felt like forever. In fact, it might been more than that. I mean, five or six years later, he reappeared, and he ended up on the Cowboys. Yeah, and he played pretty well. He didn't. He didn't play a lot of games. Didn't do a lot of snaps. Uh, and there was that one awful game against the, um, was it the Browns? I think it was against the Cleveland Browns. So Odell Beckham had the, the, the end around in the last minute of the game. They like the dying seconds walk off touchdown uh, when he played for the Browns and Smith took the wrong angle, completely overshot her on the end around. And he was actually basically getting blamed. He should have been covering that, that side there. Uh, but it's very similar. Now, the other thing is, Shane Ray, as I say, he was drafted by the Broncos in 2015, so he has a Super Bowl ring yeah. with the Broncos. He um, would probably good friends with Von Miller, who's after the Bills.
0: Yeah, reunited with a familiar face.
1: Yeah. Um, that, there you go. I mean, that, you talk about that, uh, that 49ers defense, that Broncos defense, 2015, with Von Miller and Shane Ray and Shaq Barrett, who then went to the, the Patriots and got another ring with them. Um, and DeMarcus Ware, Aqib Leave, Chris Harris Jr. God, get out
0: of here with that defense. Ridiculous. You, you just yeah. reminded me of something there. Let me find it. Oh, the, okay. There we go. Fox, Fox Sports tweeted out, we asked ChatGBT, the AI thing that was going oh, yeah. wild, ChatGBT, on, yeah. on uh, to rank the t- top 10 NFL teams, not just defenses, but ten, top 10 NFL teams since 2000. And mm-hmm. here's the list. Number one. You have the 2007 Patriots.
1: Uh, okay, number one. Yeah, oh, that's the 16-0 and season. Yeah. yeah, okay,
0: understandable. You're not going to like this one. Number two, the 2013 Seahawks. Oh, Ooh, oh no, a- no. The <laughs> luckiest, really? second, second
1: luckiest team of all time, maybe.
0: <laughs> and the best team <laughs> of all time, number three, the 2009 Saints. Why?
1: That was a good team.
0: Tracy Paul, Yeah. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: Number four, the two thousand and sixteen Patriots. Uh
1: oh they well, they were they were they were the fifteen and one. Weren't fourteen mm-hmm. and two. Uh that was the oh that was the ones that beat the Falcons. Yeah. Yeah, they were fourteen and two. I'm not gonna see the score. I'm not gonna do that. But yeah
0: It was twenty eight three though. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Not sorry. Uh number five, the two thousand Ravens. Uh, Again, talking uh, of defense. Uh, yeah, I talk
1: so. defense as wow. Well.
0: That's what kind of reminded me. There's a few teams on here where you're like, okay, the defense. You yeah, know, When they say defense wins championships, this list proves it.
1: The, the 2000 Ravens, we, we'll sort of get back to them in a later episode. Um, For any of our younger listeners who, who, who may not be aware, the 2000 Ravens had one of the worst offenses ever. I think they went through a four-game stretch where they didn't score a touchdown on offense. Yeah
0: the defense, defense outscored
1: the offense defense outscored the offense it's just it's ridiculous you know i mean come on that, that was an incredible defense but yeah so sorry That's sorry incredible. jay carry on there that was 2000 ravens yeah
0: yep so they number five number six was the 2004 eagles
1: 2004 eagles 2004 hey. eagles remind me sorry 2004 eagles
0: donovan McNabb. Uh, of we'll course. Look who yes. has, they the, would have had T- they, Terrell Owens.
1: They, the, they went to the Super Bowl back then. They lost mm-hmm. to the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yes.
0: 2004. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Brian yeah. Dawkins. Brian Dawkins, what a player. Um, number seven, 2015 Patriots. Yeah, Luke Kuechly. Uh, Panthers. Panthers, that's one. Yeah. yeah. What did I say?
1: Patriots. Oops. Because yeah. it's because they Panthers. keep cropping up the, the Panthers. I, yeah, I
0: just there's so many Patriots. <laughs> I know, I know. Yes, the yeah. 2015 Panthers. Yes. Um, then number eight, another great defense here. 2002 Bucks. Oh,
1: yes, fantastic. Warren Sapp and number nine. John Lynch. And yeah, Warren Derek, Brooks, Derek Brooks. Just like,
0: come on, wasn't fair. Uh, number nine, 2005 Steelers uh 2005
1: the bus. oh yeah 15 and 1 Steeler um yeah, yeah Big Ben's was that rookie season was it
0: yeah I think so that, that, yeah. that's the one I'm thinking of anyway I'm, I yeah they were like
1: 15 one. and 1 or something like that and yeah Jerome Bettis was reborn running over everyone
0: Joey Poe on that team you yes. know. yeah it's probably Paul Amalia
1: um Heinz Ward yeah was that Santoni Holmes I yeah I think so fantastic
0: yeah uh and then the last one, rounding up the list, the 2019 Chiefs. You couldn't have the best team in this kind of millennium and not have our Chiefs on there, I suppose.
1: That was uh yeah, 2019 Chiefs when they won their first Super Bowl against the 49ers. Um I have an issue with this list, Jake.
0: Do you? I do. I can s I can see why maybe why. Mm. You
1: know why. You know yeah. why.
0: Um because
1: couple of things the 2007 patriots being number one um they didn't win the super bowl so you so you think uh, eli big shout out eli if you're listening um they didn't win the super bowl so they can't be the best team because they didn't they, they lost so they can't be the best team of all time to do this because they lost the giants were better than them
0: oh we'll just put the saints first i guess
1: um, twenty thirteen Broncos for that offense should be on there somewhere because I know they lost the Super Bowl. Right, I get that. <laughs> Contradictory. Uh, oh no, 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 no I'm, no! I'm no, I'm saying this. The the the
0: they can't be first.
1: They can't be first. They could be on the list, but not first. Yeah, it's not first. They can't be the best team of the century. Oh, well well, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Since the the turn of the the, the century, the turn, turn yeah. of the century, um. They can't be the best team when they lost to another team. So then you're not the best. The Giants were better than you, hey? Um, but by that rationale, uh, there's a lot of teams on there who didn't win Super Bowls. And I'll tell you what, that 2013 Broncos team would have absolutely thrashed the hell out of them. They would have done. They just you like behave yourselves. Nobody was stopping. The only thing that stopped that. The only thing that stopped that Broncos offense was the Broncos offence in the Super Bowl.
0: One could argue you, a Seahawks hater. <laughs> yes. By default here has said the Patriots rightly didn't win their Super Bowl, so they shouldn't be number one. And number two is the two thousand thirteen Seahawks. So by, proxy, that, yes, but by but proxy. No, I'll tell you why. Mr because McKinnon are the only- saying the top ten teams since two thousand no. at number one you have the two thousand thirteen Seahawks.
1: And uh, uh, no, and I'll tell you why, because I disagree with them being number two. Because the only, <laughs> the only reason that they won is because they were lucky. The only reason that they won that Super Bowl was the luck that they had. So, so we're discounting the top two. So, who was third on the list again? A 2009 Saints. 2009 here Saints. There you go. There yeah, you go. Bang them it, bang it to the top. Oh, okay. No, no issues um, with that. Because because Sean Payton, uh, the coach, coached, uh, let's be honest here, he coached one hell of a Super Bowl, didn't he?
0: Yeah, you could say he he... he he, he goal- made a few good decisions there yeah,
1: he did he did now that was a te- that's a team that would have legitimately beaten the 2013 broncos because because of sean payton the, his, his coaching just was relentless now the other issue i have the 2015 panthers are on there Mhm. they didn't win a super bowl either do you know who they lost to in the super bowl
0: I do know who they lost to because yeah. I was supporting them
1: <laughs> the 2015 Denver Broncos why are they not on the list the, the, the Panthers were an amazing team I could no know she was 15 being. and one 15 and one and they blew everybody apart they were unstoppable but I remember in the in the run-up to the game and they had the the people on talking about you know the, the predictions and yeah. everybody everyone picked the Panthers to win. Everyone. Except for, I I want to say, it was an ex-Broncos player, and I want to say it was Brandon Marshall, the receiver, but I can't remember if it was. So apologies to whoever it actually was. And they're going, no, I'm taking the Broncos. They're going, how can you possibly think the Broncos are going to win this game? He says, because Cam Newton has never seen a defense like this. And how right was he? I mean, I mean, pretty right. That that Broncos team was just that defense was insanely good. So if if the Panthers are on that list, then the 2015 Broncos have to be on the list. And if you're arguing that it's offense, then the 2013 Broncos have to be on that list. And you can't have a team like the the 2007 Patriots at number one because they didn't win the Super Bowl. And the 2013 Seahawks, you can't have them number two because they were just really, really lucky. So just take them off altogether. So uh, by proxy, Saints 2009 are the best team of all time, Jake. Uh, since the turn of the century.
0: What we're saying is AI might not know anything because the 2003 and 2004 Patriots went 34-4, and four, including playoffs and won two Super Bowls and aren't on yeah. the list either. So. No. Some interesting decisions. I mean... Easy for people to predict the Panthers to win uh, a Super Bowl when they come off a NFC Championship 49-15. to 15. I mean, that's, that's you know, you kind of expect that team to steamroll. But like you say, all fun and games going from playing that Cardinals team to then seeing Von Miller. Yes. And Shane Ray. Uh,
1: yes. And Shaq Barrett and DeMarcus Ware. You know. Uh, um, Chris Harris. Chris Harris Jr. and Aqib Talib And TJ Ward. Uh, I mean, honestly, that defense stacked. I, I, I put that. That's one of the most underrated great defenses of all time.
0: Yeah, everyone always defaults to the Giants. Of course, and the Bears. eighty-six Giants, eighty-five Bears, the
1: Ravens, the Bucks. and that's your four. Yeah, uh, and that, and that twenty fifteen Broncos team is probably the most underrated of all the great defenses. They shut everyone down. It's not like. Uh, because they did lose some games. yeah, They, they didn't go 16 and oh no, they lost some games. But they lost those games because their offense was stinking up. And a lot of people forget how bad the Broncos' offense was. Peyton Manning was absolutely beaten up. He couldn't play. Brock, Brock Osweiler played like four games that year for the Broncos. I mean, come on, Brock Osweiler! The defense carried that team. Yeah. Oh, you got me all riled up there for a second, Jake. You did. You did.
0: I thought it would, I I knew that would, uh, when I saw obviously pages first, Seahawks second, I knew that list was not going to go down too well. But (laughs) it popped up on my page, obviously because the Saints mentioned and a lot of Saints Twitter. So it popped up and I thought, oh, I don't, I can't remember actually what, uh, well, oh, we were talking about good defenses, and I was yes. obviously remembering here. We've got the Bucks and the Ravens. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some of those, some of those teams were fantastic defenses. Yes. So again, tangents as usual. I, I can't honestly remember what topic we were talking about to get here. Um, was it Shane Ray?
1: It was Shane Ray. Well done.
0: Okay, we got there.
1: <laughs> so he's gone to the Bills. Yes. Short story. Yeah. So yeah, yeah,
0: yeah felt, sorry, you know, Shane Ray is so signed to the Bills. Signed to the Bills. <laughs>
1: We got there in the end. I only took like 15 minutes to to say that Shane we had signed for the Bills. Um, Not bad at all. So, moving on, Jake. Um, we come to our next segment, which is... Ewan McPhail's Draft Day Fails. We well, like and McPhail's Draft Day Fails, um, it brings us back in time to yesteryear of the NFL Draft uh, when... Some teams might have traded for players um and some teams might have selected players that maybe they shouldn't have selected and some of my favorite ones are when teams pick a player and they are just they they got the wrong guy, you know they just you're thinking you just got the wrong guy, you could have had this guy, but you went for the other guy, and it's just. It's a shame when it happens, but in hindsight, it's hilarious. So we're going all the way back to 2003. Um, now, are you aware of a gentleman by the name of Charles Rogers?
0: It does not ring a bell. I'm thinking Carlos Rogers.
1: Uh, no. So Charles Rogers uh, was a wide receiver from Michigan State um and a very good wide receiver by all accounts in Michigan State so he played from with Spartans from 2000 to 2002 he broke numerous records he still holds the school records for the most touchdowns in a career with 27 um, and he holds the school record for the most receiving yards in a single game with 270. He broke Randy Moss's NCAA record of 13 consecutive games with a touchdown. In 2002 junior season, he had 68 catches, 1,351 yards, 13 touchdowns. He won the Fred Bolitnikoff Award and the Paul Warfield Trophy as the best college wide receiver in the nation and was recognised as unanimous All-American. Uh, and in his junior year, in a game against Notre Dame, he out two defenders to catch a pass in the back of the end zone, and then managed to keep his left foot in bounds to score a touchdown, sending his stock sky-high. He was absolutely the guy to draft, if you wanted, a wide receiver in the 2003 draft. Are you with me so far?
0: Absolutely. This is a, a lock... Uh, it it oh, is. Famer.
1: You know, he, he's as I say, Balintnikov Award, Paul Wolf, Warfield Trophy. He's got everything. He's breaking Randy Moss's records. All right, um, this guy is solid gold. Can't miss. So, uh, in the two thousand three draft, <clears throat> the top teams, top team that was picking was the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, the Cincinnati Bengals really wanted a quarterback. Okay, that's what they wanted about receivers they want a quarterback and pick and second were the Detroit Lions and third was the Houston Texans now both of these teams wanted a wide receiver so it was really a case of who's who's gonna jump ahead will the Texans try and trade up and get Charlie Rogers well they didn't Cincinnati Bengals first overall took Carson Palmer worked out pretty well for them multiple pro bowler uh, he was a 2002 Heisman Trophy winner so it's a bit of a Everyone knew that he was going to be first overall Um, out of USC. So Carson Palmer goes to the Bengals first overall. So in second position, the Detroit Lions have the pick. And who do they take? They take wide receiver Charles Rogers. No surprises there. None. So, uh, that left the Houston Texans. um, They they couldn't take Rodgers, so they took somebody else. So, what happened then is that in 2003, so the the rookie year, uh, being the second overall pick in the draft, uh, Rodgers got 22 passes for 243 yards and three touchdowns during his first five games. Nothing spectacular, but certainly not bad. Um, But then he broke his clavicle, During a one-on-one drill with Dre Bly in practice. Ended his season. On the third play of the 2004 season, on the third play of the season against the Bears, he broke his clavicle again, knocking him out for the season. He was so devastated by the injury that the Lions allowed him to go home for the remainder of the season and just say, you know... You know, there's no, no point you being here because he was so upset uh, Years later Matt Millen who was the general manager at the time uh, you know, sorry for the the PTSD to Lions fans there uh, Matt Millen said in hindsight he made a mistake by letting him be away from the team for such a, an extended period of time the Next season Rodgers was suspended for four games in 2005 for a third violation of the NFL's substance abuse policy which we have spoken about multiple times as a result of this violation, the Lions filed a grievance against Rodgers, claiming that his drug suspension violated a clause in his contract, which meant he was obligated to return $10 million of the $14.2 million the Lions had given him in bonuses. Which is rough, yeah? Um, when he came back from his suspension, he played in nine games three starts and was declared inactive after four games. He caught 14 passes for 197 yards and one touchdown and in September 2nd 2006 he was released by the Lions. Uh, Rod Marinelli the coach was not impressed with uh, his efforts during training camp and he said it was released we picked the men uh, we picked the men that are right for this football team. It's behind us. He had workouts with the Dolphins, the Patriots, and the Buccaneers in 2006, but he was not signed due to his 40-yard dash times of 4.8 seconds. Uh, when he came out of college, he was running at 4.4. So it's quite a drop-off in speed for a for a wide receiver. In October 2008, um, an arbitrator hired by the Lions ruled Rogers had to repay the team a further $8.5 million, but he did not pay that money, and the Lions filed a lawsuit against him. And in April 2010, US Federal Judge Julian Cook ruled Rogers had to pay $6.1 million. In an interview of 2017 regarding the money, Rogers stated that he planned on filing for bankruptcy. Now, Unfortunately, uh, his career didn't work out, so his career totals across three seasons, Played 15 games, caught 36 passes, 440 yards, and four touchdowns. Um, So that was Charlie Rogers. He had numerous legal issues, uh, unfortunately. And uh, uh, tragically, on November 11th, 2019, he died in Fort Myers at the age of 38 with liver failure. He had been diagnosed with cancer. Uh, Now, that's a sad story. Right through the entire professional career of Charles Rogers, Taken second overall in 2003. And the worst of it is that with the very next pick in the 2003 draft, the Houston Texans drafted Andre Johnson. Oh, wow. Yes, Andre Johnson, who basically became the greatest player. Nah, you can argue J.J. Watt. You, you, yeah, but basically the greatest player in, in franchise history for the Texans, uh, greatest offensive player in franchise history, Andre Johnson for the Houston Texans. He played with them from two thousand and three right up to two thousand and fourteen. Set every team record, seven time Pro Bowler, two double first team All Pro, two times second team All Pro, uh, three times NFL Wide Receiver of the Year. I didn't even know that that was an award. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Why? Wide NFL alumni wide receiver of the year. Yeah, I know. Led the NFL receiving yards twice. Um, He's over a thousand catches, no 10,000 receiving yards. And he's tied, he has uh, tied the NFL record for the most games with 10 plus receptions in a season. Seven tied with Wes Welker and Brandon Marshall. Ford mentioned Brandon Marshall. And most seasons with 100 plus receptions and 1400 plus yards with four. And he holds. Basically, every Texans franchise record is Andre Johnson. So, in 2003, the Detroit Lions had basically had a choice between Charles Rogers and Andre Johnson. They went for Charles Rogers. It did not work out. And the absolute kick at us at the next guy proved to be a possible future Hall of Famer uh, in Andre Johnson there. So, uh, that is this week's Ewan McPhail's Draft Day fail.
0: It's a man with a broken clavicle at one point, So you got to feel for the guy. And like you say, it just seems like...
1: It just, it just went pretty, downhill.
0: Pretty dismal story from, from start to bottom. You know, you yeah. get stolen all that money because back then the rookie deals were insane. Of course. All uh, that he, he, money. So his,
1: I mean, that was that was a, a rookie signing bonus. It was like 14 million. A signing bonus. Yeah, good grief.
0: But you see it all the time now with these drafts where... You know, it's um, even with the the Colts. This it's like, okay. Well, they're going to take a quarterback. They're going to take you know which quarterback they're going to take. Are they going to take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson? You know, if, if Ant- Will Levis turns out to be the second coming of you know Peyton Manning, all of a sudden for the Tennessee Titans, you know, outshines yeah. Ryan Tannehill and takes out and the Colts. You know, Anthony Richardson doesn't turn out to be the Colts will be kicking themselves. It's amazing when you see these kind of players, and it always seems to happen in the drafts. You get runs of of players, whether it's tackles, wide receivers, mm-hmm. and you're thinking that you get first dibs, you, you've got, you're in the best position. But sometimes, like the Texans found out, yeah, okay, we'll take Charles Rogers or Andre Johnson, whichever one is there at number three. We're taking them. Yeah. Oh, they've took they've took Rogers. We'll take Andre Johnson. We we love Andre Johnson. We'll, we're happy with the pick. And then, I mean, what a player he was out of Miami. Just I mean,
1: sensational,
0: absolutely sensational. Just consistent, like absolute epitome of kind of consistency mm-hmm. if you know mm-hmm. you were kind of doing NFL fantasy back then I was like oh I can get Andre Johnson he's gonna, gonna score <laughs> me you know, points yeah. and points and points each week
1: it's just he was yeah the most consistent he was like um uh, like Larry Fitzgerald or one of those guys mm-hmm. he was just so consistent so professional just always produced and you n- never had any problems with him at all it was just all he did was go out there and play and dominate at the wide receiver position. And then you got poor Charlie Rogers there, just injury after injury after injury, and just mismanaged by the team. And it just, it all went really badly for him uh, in the end there. So uh, it's a shame for Charlie Rogers. Uh, but, the, uh, you know, the Lions, just with that pick, because no one can see these things coming. You know, we, no. we do these draft day fails. How about stuff happened 20 years ago? You're like, oh, what were they thinking at the time? The, the guy came out of college; he was an absolute lock. He was coming out of college, so I'm not really blaming the Lions for that one. But unfortunately, it does go down in the books as a fail. So there you are, and
0: it's and it's Matt Millen, so he kind of and we can blame him.
1: Yeah, we can.
0: We can but the, the Lions him. have a history of going after players' money because they. I don't know if they ever have sorted out, but the Calvin Johnson very much had a grudge and kind of distanced himself from Lions when they were trying to chase him for like a million pounds, I think, with his last season, mm. there was some kind of bonus and they would, didn't pay him the one million pounds. That's right. And they was like, oh, Calvin Johnson's going to be in the ring of honour, they're going to have him like Barry, you know, took the majors to, to sort out Barry Sanders as well. Like they, they, I mentioned a couple of weeks ago how their new front office Um, seems to be working with players in terms of getting trades away and facilitating kind of rebuilding that image because the history of the Lions is Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, the two greatest players kind of in recent memory for them both hated the Lions and distanced themselves from the Lions for numerous years each because of kind of how they dealt with stuff and you can see with this one when they were going after that money as well when the guys. Broken clavicle, broken clavicle, season, career, kind of going down the drain. The Lions going, yeah, so we're going to get some of that money back as well. Just going to really put the nail in the coffin.
1: Yeah, it's just uh, a poor show uh, all around there from the Matt Millen-managed Lions. So there you go. That was the draft day fail. So, Jake, uh, we're just about coming to the end of our show. A little bit shorter podcast again because basically nothing happened in the NFL. Um, But what we're going to do now is come to our last segment, and it is, of course,
0: Random Stats.
1: Random stats. We love a random stat here, Jake. So, um, why don't you go first with random stats this week?
0: Okay, I found a a random stat I quite liked, and it's a it's a negative one for a certain franchise. But it's it's kind of double layered. So I'll start off with the actual stats. itself. Only nine teams have drafted two or more Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. Um, before I go into the the negative part of it, I'll give you some of those. Teams the, the Pittsburgh Steelers lead the way with four. They mm-hmm. drafted Terry Bradshaw, Johnny Unitas, Ben Rothersberger and Len Dawson. Maybe people don't remember that the Steelers drafted Len Dawson. I didn't know they um, drafted
1: Johnny Unitas.
0: Yeah. You <laughs> think like, the Colts when you think of Yeah, Johnny of United. course. The Bucks are second. They drafted Steve Young. They drafted Doug Williams and they drafted Brent Dilfer. Wow. A Super Bowl winning quarterback, Trent Dilfer.
1: But, of course, Williams and Young won their Super
0: Bowls for other teams. But, yeah, mm-hmm. they did. That's right. Uh, the Patriots have two with Tom Brady and Jim Plunkett.
1: Didn't know Jim Plunkett was drafted by the Patriots.
0: There you go. I, this was fascinating to me because you just keep, oh, okay, that makes sense, that makes sense. And then sometimes you're like, oh, what? Uh, the Packers, Rodgers and Starr. Obviously, Favre was by the Falcons, I believe. He was, 1991. The Giants, with the, the, maybe the sorriest of the two, Phil Sims and Jeff Hostetler. Of course.
1: Because they didn't draft Eli. Yes. The Chargers drafted yes. oh, Eli, of course.
0: Oh, oh, spoiler. Wait till you see the back end of this stuff. Uh, the Dolphins, uh, Joe Theismann and Bob Greasy. Uh, yes, of course, of course. Uh, the Cowboys, I'm, I'm Troy Aikman Sorry, sorry, sorry. Joe Theismann.
1: Yes. He was drafted by the drafted Dolphins. By the Dolphins. That's so weird because he lost the Super Bowl to the Dolphins, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> bittersweet. <laughs> he did,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, let me just... Uh, I, ca- I think
1: uh, Cowboys, Dex,
0: wasn't it? Uh, yes, the Cowboys were Troy Aikman and Roger Staubach. Actually, yeah. the two quarterbacks, so that, that's... A nice, yeah, that's uh, true. They,
1: they drafted them and they played for the team, so that was all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Colts, John L, Elway and Peyton Manning. Both of
1: whom won Super Bowls for the Broncos. <laughs> yes, now, but Beaton the, did. Uh, Beaton did win one for the for the for the Colts as well. So,
0: yes, yeah, it worked out. Um, now, the back end of the stat was of those nine teams, the Chargers are one of those nine teams, despite never having won a Super Bowl themselves. So they drafted, as you've mentioned, Eli Manning.
1: Eli Manning.
0: And They also drafted Drew Brees.
1: Of course, they did.
0: <laughs> So they're one of the nine that has drafted two or more Super Bowl winning quarterbacks. But they're the, the only one of those nine that have never actually won one themselves. Oh, that's painful. That's, so that's that a hurts. double double blow. That's that's a soul run for the Chargers. It is. It is. Maybe Justin Herbert changes that. Just maybe. I,
1: I saw a stat. Uh, well, uh, sorry. I heard a stat uh, a couple of weeks ago. You've just reminded me of. And I haven't fact-checked it. I'll need to fact-check it because if it's true, it's ridiculous. Um, it, I think it's said that the Broncos have never drafted a quarterback who's won a playoff game with the team. Now, I I don't know if that's true, but I, I'm i starting to think it might be because we didn't draft John Elby. We didn't draft Peyton Manning. We didn't draft Jake Plummer who took us to the playoffs. We didn't draft Craig Morton who took us to the Super Bowl. And I'm going... That, I cannot Tim Tebow didn't win a playoff game He did win a playoff game Tim. Oh they were wrong That's mm. alright That's alright Because they, they were completely wrong Because it was one of those you're, 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 I heard it I'm going That can't be right It's like surely not And as I was going through it I'm going Yeah maybe it is right I forgot about Tim How could I forget about Tim Tebow
0: How dare you I know WTB. But yeah, I, th- I like that. The, the, I saw that stat. I thought, that's funny. Poor chargers. And then when I looked into it and the teams that have drafted the most, Super Bowl win and QB, it does stir up a few, few ones that, you. Know, oh, I didn't realize they drafted that person. Say like the Cowboys are the only one that kind of makes sense. They drafted Troy Aitman and Roger Talbac. They both won it for the Cowboys. But some of the other ones threw in a few, a few different ones. Yeah, it was, I was I, quite I, interesting. I
1: was very surprised that Johnny Unitas, the Steelers. And uh, then even more surprised when you said Joe Theismann to the Dolphins. Yeah. Very surprising. No, still, so, there you go. There you are. That's love. O- over. That's a fantastic random stat. Thank you, Jake, for that. <laughs> Any now, time. My my random stat concerns wide receivers. And uh, it's a slight backstory to this, because when I found this random stat, I wasn't looking for it. I was looking for another stat um and so this is literally a random stat because I, I just came across i went what um so over the past few weeks um with my random stats i've been looking at things like what's the the lowest uh you know who's who's the last uh, running back to lead the league without going for a thousand yards and who was the last quarterback didn't throw for four thousand and all these things i was looking for the last wide receiver to lead the league uh going under a not in a strike season. Very important that it's not in a strike season. Um, And the answer to that, this is not my random stat, but I just, I have it in front of me. So I'm going to tell you, the answer is Drew Pearson, in 1977, Mm -hmm. led the league with 870 receiving yards um, over 14 games.
0: Pearson, a true draft legend at the moment with uh, dropping bombs Uh, whenever uh, he's announcing selections. That's kind of become his legacy.
1: So he... um, He led the league with 870 yards, 62 yards per game. And then I was thinking, well, hang on, 62 yards per game, that's not a lot. So what's the most yards per game that a wide receiver has had in a season? Now, obviously, it's going to be somebody who led the league. I mean, you know, uh, with the exception of, you know, one guy played one game, 200 yards and then didn't play. And that was it.
0: So, so I was Josh. Josh.
1: What's his name? Josh Gordon.
0: Like, Josh Gordon. He normally plays like four or five games. Gets like six hundred yards. It's like peace. I'm out. Been suspended again.
1: <laughs> well, actually, Josh Gordon did lead the league in yards per game in 2013. <laughs> he had 117.6 <laughs> <117. laughs> yards per game. So then I was looking at the big guns, and I thought, right. So Cooper Cup had 1947 receiving yards uh, back in 2021, and I thought so. You know, what does that work out at per, per game? So I looked it up and that's 114.5 yards per game. That's a lot. But then I'm going, but he did have an extra game to play. He did play an extra game. So then I'm thinking, mm-hmm. ah, now Julio Jones back in uh, 2015 had 1,871. That turned it at 116.9 yards per game. So then I was like, okay, but what about back when Calvin Johnson 2012 had over 1,900 yards? How much is that per game? It's 122.8 yards per game. That's a lot, but it's not the most. To find the most, you need to go all the way back to 1982. Wes Chandler. Anyone you've ever heard of Wes Chandler, 1982?
0: No. But I believe he was a saint. Uh he was a San Diego Charger. Uh
1: and he oh he, he was a he was a saint, sorry. He was a saint. And then he, he went to the Chargers. kinda kinda kind of, kind of like an opposite Eli Manning thing. <laughs> or, or <laughs> what, Drew opposite Drew Brees. <laughs> Drew Brees, actually. Yeah, opposite Drew Brees. That's what I should have said. Um now this actually was in a strike year, so I i think it because it's not about, you know, leading, it's yards per game I'm looking at here. Mm-hmm. In 1982, he played eight games, because that's all the only games that were played in 1982. He had 1,032 yards and nine touchdowns, giving him a yards per game of 129 receiving yards per game. That is the highest in NFL history. I highly doubt it'll ever be broken. Well, oh, me, you know, some of these receivers, the numbers are going up all the time. But 129 yards per game in 1982 for Wes Chandler. And that is uh, the the most uh, yards per game by any player. Um, well, any, definitely any player who's ever led the league in receiving. Because as I say, there probably are guys who've played one game, 300 yards, then, you know, didn't play again. Yeah. Great. um so yeah that is my random stat where's Chandler 1982
0: luckily well, I'm just having a look at that list of Michael Thomas at 18 mm-hmm. but yeah I've also Elroy Hirst number three of the North Van Brocken Rams yeah that's a, a lovely list I like that
1: yeah i just some 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 proper good players there Elroy Hirsch was crazy legs they used to call him Elroy crazy legs Hirsch because um I think he had his his knees pointed in the way slightly so when he ran his legs flapped out to the side it didn't change the fact that he was one of the fastest players in nfl history
0: didn't slow him down
1: it didn't no not at all he's a hall of famer. it's like oh look at this guy he looks so silly when he runs it goes yeah he just went past you for a touchdown (laughs) god damn it i was too busy looking at his knees (laughs) <laughs> Maybe that's why he scored so much, and the defenders are like, "What's this guy doing?" Like? Oh, he scored again! It. I need to stop doing that. <laughs> so yeah, that's my random stat now, Jake. I understand because you know Dave's not here. Um, you have a bonus random stat for us because we don't want to be depriving the public, do we? I didn't. You know
0: the the public, the listeners they they come for three random stats. They they deserve to get three random stats. They so do. I thought. This came up on my feed, and again, I'm so sorry for being negative this week, but it was too funny not to share. It came up every team's last 4,000-yard passer, and there's some teams that have been very recent, some teams that have gone a while. I mean, the Browns, 1980. Brian, I'm going to guess, Sipe, or Bri- maybe
1: Brian, even yeah, yeah. Brian Sipe, yeah. The, the, Cardiac, Sipe, was- the, the Cardiac Kids of 1980, that's what they were called. Um, he's the last Browns guy to throw for 4,000 yards?
0: Yep, so they've not had anyone since him throw for 4,000 yards. Obviously, they're hoping Deshaun Watson this year will break that. Uh, the Titans have gone since 1991 and the, the legend Warren Moon.
1: Oh, of course. He threw for 4,000 every year. <laughs>
0: Game. Yes. I mean, the Jets, again, another team that will be looking to break their streak. Haven't had one since Joe Namath in 1967. Shut up. Mm-hmm. Well, hang on a second. Did, 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 I thought, like,
1: Chad Pennington or someone played really well for them back in the day and, 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 and uh, uh, the The Sanchise? The,
0: the well, they went to, like, back the back.
1: Oh, my goodness, that's crazy.
0: Unless this is wrong, but I saw it on my Twitter. Wow. And I, you know, if it's on Twitter, no, no, it's definitely I, true. It's got to be true if it's um, on Twitter. has got to be true. Uh, one I found interesting, Jeff Garcia was the last 49ers quarterback to do it in 2000. What? But the, yeah, last 49ers quarterback to, to throw 4,000 yards, Jeff Garcia. That's crazy. But the worst one and the main part of the stat is that the Chicago Bears have never had a 4,000-yard passer.
1: That's just sad. sad. Jay
0: Cutler could not do it. I really was surprised at that. If it is, uh, yeah. I hope this is factual because he did but it for the, the Broncos. Chicago Bears, mm-hmm, yeah, are the only team without a four thousand yard passer.
1: Wow, that's that's pretty poor, isn't it?
0: It's. Uh, <laughs>
1: it's uh, <laughs> apologies to Bears fans. Apologies. Um, that's that's rotten. Never had a 4,000-yard passer.
0: Never, ever. Like I say, there's some teams that have gone one whole year. This, there has been a few teams there that I've mentioned. that You know, the Broncos haven't had one since Peyton Manning in 2014.
1: Yeah, I know. Say, Do not say need say to tell me. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Listen, you and I are in the same boat. See when our Hall of Fame quarterbacks disappeared. It's just It's been awful ever since. You're like, what's happened? Yeah. So
0: you have those, you know, you lose that player, but make Cardinals haven't had one since Carson Palmer. You think they've got Kyla Murray, and they've not had one since Carson Palmer because oh. they can't keep Kyla Murray healthy. Of
1: course, of course.
0: But yeah, sorry, Chicago Bears. But I don't mean, Justin Fields doesn't need to throw for 4,000 yards because he's throwing for, you know, 2,500. And, a half thousand and r- running rushing for For about 2,500 as well. So <coughs> he's, he's, he's trying to do it all, but, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, 17 games, is is he going to hit 4,000 yards?
1: I'm oh, sure. It's I, 17 uh, games now. You've got extra games. Could you Could you imagine the kind of numbers that Dan, Dan would Marino would okay. You know, I mean, the guys who were 5,000 yards in
0: 1984.
1: Could Dan you, Fouts. You know, Dan, yeah, Dan Fouts. Uh, Joe Namath. Uh, guys like that. Uh, today's game? But honestly, le- legitimate if Dan Marino played, came out of college today, was in today's game, he'd be six thousand yards, seventy touchdowns a season. No bother. You're like this is easy. This is the easiest thing I've ever done in my life. It's that's just criminal.
0: It is, and I, I like to be positive normally, and I'm really, I'm gonna double down, Bears fans. He's not played in you know a full season. He's played twenty seven games, Justin Fields. He's thrown four thousand one hundred and twelve yards In over twenty-seven, 27 games.
1: games.
0: Yeah,
1: oh, that's not good.
0: So I don't expect that to break anytime soon, unless they're really going to change up their offense. Because obviously, just fields is a, a dual threat. Throwing uh, is not all he. Yeah, does. He, yeah. He's, a, he's an athlete, mm. but uh, I don't think this record is is. Due to get broken anytime soon you might be waiting a while to have four thousand yard passer. I think whilst so. most teams are looking at five thousand as kind of the benchmark. Yeah, uh,
1: yeah well yeah, five thousand is the new four thousand. Yes. It, it is. You know, back back in the nineties, the eighties um, and nineties, four thousand yards. Oh, yeah, leading the league through over four thousand yards a long four thousand yards a season. Um now it's five thousand. If you're not throwing for 5,000, you're not one of the top passers in the NFL. You know, it's
0: just... You're not, you're not making the top five of the MVP, right?
1: No, no, you're not. Right, Jake. Um, that's the end of our random. Set. That's a lovely random set. Apologies again to Bears fans. Sorry, Cal. <laughs> that's the Chargers fans. <coughs> oh, and the Chargers
0: fans. I don't know any Chargers fans, do you? Um. No, I don't think... The Chargers have many Chargers fans themselves. Do you know,
1: that's actually weird I think I know a fan of every other franchise but I don't know any Chargers fans neither I, do I, I San could, could Diego
0: know. or now Los Angeles yeah I'm
1: sorry the, about that
0: the, the NFL are really trying to and trying to make the LA Chargers a thing with the, the prime primetime games and obviously you've got Justin Herbert so it helps but uh, yeah and
1: he'll throw he'll throw for 4,000 a year no danger. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so there we go. Thank you for that, Jake. Appreciate it. And uh, that on that bombshell, we're going to uh, end the podcast. It's a shorter podcast again every time Jake's on, obviously. Can't think why. <laughs> and uh, what we're going to do is uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at the WinFL show you can also find myself and Jake on Twitter you find Dave there as well and Tim is now on Twitter it's confirmed the voice of the WinFL is on Twitter join the dark side so uh, you can find us there Um, once again if you want to nominate a random stat just get in touch hit us up on Twitter and uh, we'll be happy to read it out and give give you a wee shout out as well Uh, please keep all the comments coming really appreciate it Um, next week we're hoping to have a a guest on um on the show as well i'm gonna try and get some more guests and jake i believe we've got some dates uh, just before we actually sign off is there some important dates coming up that we need to be aware of
0: yeah we mentioned the, the off season kind of being in a, a dull period the, the spring yeah. league meeting is in six days um that's not particularly exciting but training camp i believe is 62 days away the preseason, the Hall of Fame game, seventy-nine days away. Seventy-nine, and the first game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions is a hundred and thirteen days away.
1: Oh, that's a hundred and thirteen long days.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a lot of sleeping in between.
1: It is. It is. I might just hibernate. I might just do that. Just hibernate through the summer.
0: <laughs> no, we can't do that to our listeners. We gotta. Uh, that's I keep them entertained. got a podcast to do we've got to do it
1: well thanks again jake really appreciate it anytime my friend and uh, thank you to y'all you and we will catch you on next week's edition of the nfl show